0: Hello, and thank you for tuning in to the Stuff I Heard podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Peak, and it's Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas of 2021. I was just thinking about the fact that a year ago, I was sitting here um, with an injured eye and not really being able to see properly. Things were a lot different last year. Um, I'm very thankful, very thankful for the year that we've had. And I'm very thankful for my friends and family who've, you know, come to, I guess, come to help us, come to talk to us, come to just be a voice that we could talk to once in a while to help us get through this uh, tough time that we've had this year. And I'm thankful for my job for allowing me to get well and come back and be able to be of use uh, once I got back and and to thrive. And um, And I'm very thankful that you know, a year ago, my wife was looking for a job and she found a job. And and I'm very thankful for all of the things that have happened uh, over the last year. Um, But mostly I'm thankful to my wife who has endured a lot. She, you know, with working 20 plus years in an industry that basically just dried up and quit needing people of her experience, um, had to reinvent herself and had to re uh, recreate herself into a new job and a new opportunity. And it's not been easy. Uh, it doesn't get easier. The older you get, the more you're used to doing a thing to learn something completely different uh, and then apply what you know going forward. And so she's had a tremendous year as well. And thankfully, her friends have really helped her stay, I guess, level level headed. I guess you'd It's the word I'm looking for, but you know, it reminded me that, you know, this is Christmas. This is the day we're supposed to celebrate the birth of Jesus and, and be mindful and thankful of the things that we have. And I'm just thankful for her ability to, uh, change in a world where it's very difficult to change for a lot of people. Um, this is the stuff I heard podcast. So let's just talk about some stuff I heard. Okay. I'll just kick right into this. It is Christmas. Happy, Merry Christmas, everybody. Um, <clears throat> there are several things that have been on TV that I've been watching. And I know that a lot of people are like, I don't care. Listen, this is my recommendations. Okay. So my wife has got me watching Yellowstone and I have not seen the first three seasons. I'm going to go back and watch them at some point. Uh, but I've been watching season four with her along and along and it's pretty good. I got to admit the uh, the drama there is pretty good. The actors are great. Um, It's awesome to see Kevin Costner as a cowboy. I mean, let's face it. He's meant to be either a cowboy or a baseball player. And if he's one of those two things, I'm watching it because it's going to be great. It just seems like a natural fit whenever he's doing those things, right? And from the creator of the show, they started a new show called 1883. It's supposed to be like a prequel to Yellowstone. It's supposed to tell how the Dutton family ended up being where they're at and how they ended up getting the land that they got. And 1883... Uh, stars Tim McGraw, Faith Hill. Um, There are some uh, other actors that, you know, pretty big in this, but Tim, Tim McGraw and Faith Hill are the two main. They have a daughter on the show called Isabel May. Well, that's her name. That's her real name. Um, The show seems to be from the creator. uh, He says it's more like a novel and it's, it's told through the narrative. It seems to be through the daughter, Isabel May. Um, She is a very interesting actress in that this is supposed to be the wild, wild west. They come from the east, um, she says, Tennessee. And in this, like there's an expectation of a lady to be a lady. And yet you get the sense that she's more of a tomboy than a lady. She rides horses apparently better than most men. And her dad, uh, Tim McGraw in the show, you know, brings her along to do some things that normally just men do. And she's more comfortable doing that than doing the girly things. And she's sort of a wild spirit, but she's also the narrator. Now the show does this interesting thing where it, it shows you like a, um, it shows you a glimpse of things that are going to happen that are pretty tragic. And then it goes backwards and it shows you where they started. It's an interesting way to tell a story and I'm not sure how it's going to pay off, but listen, this guy's got a talent for telling these stories and I'm going to keep watching because it looks really, it looks beautiful. Um, so anyway, 1883, I think it's on Paramount Plus uh, right now. I'm watching it through the magic of the fire stick. Thank you, Treadway. Uh Watching it through the magical fire stick. So it's really good. Uh, Sam Elliott is also another main character. And just in the first episode, um, I saw uh, Billy Bob Thornton as a character. I don't know if he's going to be a character that's going to be on the show a lot or if it's just that one episode. And Tom Hanks uh, reprising the role of a military general. Very interesting. Um, From the moment my wife glanced at his face, she goes, that's Tom Hanks, which is kind of hard to tell because he's got this great big beard. But yeah, it's Tom Hanks. So good story so far. Um, I've been watching The Wheel of Time on Amazon Prime and the series finale just came out. Um, Episode seven was interesting in that it starts off with this amazing battle of a woman who's pregnant uh, battling these hordes of people. I mean, it just seems like these barbarians are coming out of nowhere, and she's in this winter landscape in the mountains. And she is awesome. I mean, she it's got to be one of the coolest fight scenes I've ever seen sequenced in a a movie or a show anywhere. Um, Even if you're not into watching the show, just tune on episode seven and watch the first five minutes or so. This is an amazing fight scene that she has where she basically kicks everybody's butt while she's pregnant, while she's basically giving birth. I mean, she's in the middle of giving birth when she's kicking everybody's tail. It's very cool. Very cool sequence. Uh, The show, I'm not really super impressed with the show. I mean, I know a lot of people say that they've read The Wheel of Time and that it was a precursor to Tolkien's um, Lord of the Rings. And that may be so. Um, I could see where... You know, reading this long ago, this would be very interesting. And it probably reads very, very cool because you can understand what they're thinking. That's the one thing about a lot of these shows is there's a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff that you're not seeing. And if you read it, you would read their thoughts because the writer would put in there. uh, So-and-so was hesitant to mention blah, 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 because they would do this, so they say this. You know, and there's that element of you not knowing the motives of the person or, or their, uh, fears along the way that sort of leaves you in the dark as a watcher. So that's sort of the challenge of the storyteller is to be able to give you that information along the way. And I don't know if it's just lost in translation, but there's a lot of this that, that I'm, I'm just going along with it. Cause I'm like, okay, people keep saying, this is great. So I'll keep watching. And they're about, you know, 45, 45, 50 minutes long. So I'm I'm watching the episodes and I'm into it or whatever. Just enough to, there's just enough of something going on that I want to keep watching. Okay. But like I said, episode seven, first five minute pregnant girl fight scene. Awesome. I don't know if they actually call it that, but I'm going to call it that. Uh, Episode eight gives you sort of a ending to the season. Um, There's this whole thing where they're supposed to find some super powered being that's resurrected. They call it the dragon reborn. And it's not the ending that I thought I would see, but it's also just the beginning in a way, because um, kind of like Avatar, um, it seems like these women are in power that they call Aes Sedai, and they're sort of like witches, but we've only been introduced to ones that can influence wind. And at the end of, spoiler alert, at the end of <laughs> the episode, we do see some Aes Sedai coming in that all have the power of water. So obviously my brain goes, oh, we're going to see one of earth and one of fire and they're going to battle each other. And these are all spokes of a wheel and they keep talking about the breaking of the wheel or the wheel of time or the wheel of of the universe and and the dragon and can, can the dragon break the wheel or reinvent the wheel or blah, blah, blah. I'm already bored of the show. I'll be honest with you. I'm bored of the show. Um, one of the Aes Sedai, the one we've introduced to so far, Uh, Moraine, she's power, she has the power of the wind, and she's, you've seen her in lots of stuff. The minute you see her, you're like, oh, it looks like, uh, Liv Tyler, kind of. Um, but she's been in all kinds of things. My wife instantly was like, oh, yeah, we've seen her in in Gone Girl, and we've seen her in this, and we've seen her in that. I'm like, my wife has this weird encyclopedia thing with her brain when it comes to movie stars. Um, maybe it's because she doesn't watch as many movies as I do, but I'm already bored of the show. I'll be honest. I, if I never watched another episode, I'd be like, all right, that's fine. Whatever. I'm, happy, I, I'm really happy I saw that one fight scene. Again, episode 7. Just watch the one fight scene and you're like, wow, what, wow, what a cool scene they just shot. And, and the rest of it sucks. So, all right. That's my, that's my, that's my thumbs down for the, for the month. <laughs> um, the rest of the show, I think that everybody's just wasting their time on. All right. Um, so Hawkeye came out. Hawkeye's on Disney Plus. You remember Hawkeye, right? He's one of the Avengers. He's the guy with the bow and arrow. Uh, <laughs> Jeremy Renner is Hawkeye in the Avengers, uh, and we've seen him through the years. He made comment. You know, he made a comment in uh, Avengers Two whenever they're on that floating city. He says, "None of this makes sense. I'm just a guy with a stick and a string, and and there's gods and aliens, and what am I supposed to do with this? Like is, somehow I'm I'm still here." And they pay a little homage to that with the show. Um, the show has a young, uh, young girl in it. Um, I wrote her name down. Hang on, let me find it. Haley Steinfeld? S-T-E-I-N-F-E-L-D. Um, she was in True Grit. She was the young girl in True Grit, the remake. Uh, she is interesting. She's a very interesting actress. She's very compelling to watch. Uh, she's very camera um, what do you call it, camera savvy, not camera savvy, camera, the camera loves her, however you want to say it. Uh, she's meant to be a star. I uh, googled her, she's 25 years old, and she could potentially have quite a career in the Marvel Universe. I mean, they don't introduce people by accident. So the show is supposed to be that during the first Avengers movie, 2012 era, she was a young girl. Uh, her dad, apparently, was supposed to have died. And They lived in New York city when everything broke loose and these aliens started attacking the city. And she noticed Hawkeye leaping off of a building and basically uh, killing as many aliens as he could, as he fell and then shooting this arrow with a grappling hook to somehow save himself. And she was amazed at this guy who didn't have any superpowers, who was just a person. And yet he was a hero with just a string and a bow. And something snapped in her brain and thought, that's what I want to be. So it's a very cool storyline. It's a bit, Whoever wrote this was really smart. I mean, um, this young girl, as the show goes, got into all kinds of martial arts, got into learning to use a bow, very, got very proficient. And um, as fate would have it, they end up meeting up, and they, they have to battle the bad guy together and there is the hint of a bad guy coming into their lives and in, in a threat that is there in Kingpin. Now, Kingpin is from, so far, we've only seen him in the Defender series that was on Netflix uh, with Daredevil. Now, Kingpin is going to make an appearance, apparently, in Spider-Man and is going to be a big force in the Marvel Universe, but drawing him into Hawkeye builds this universe of the defenders even bigger because then it draws in more storylines and more story characters. Um, I tried to watch Spider-Man on the fire stick and it, it was uh, unwatchable because of uh, weird pop-ups that kept happening. And apparently somebody on the fire stick was recording it, holding it in the, in the movie theater and people kept talking. And, but I did see enough to see that uh, daredevil is in it uh, Murdoch. Uh, so Again, the fabric of the story is getting bigger. Marvel is really thinking outside the box. They're starting to put their brains together and say, how can we adapt all these stories and tie them all in together? And Kingpin to me is the key of that. Uh, Vincent D'Onofrio plays Kingpin, and he is a awesome bad guy because he doesn't have any superpowers. He's just very, very strong, and he's big. And he's very influential. Um, he embodies basically what you'd want in a bad guy. If you watch Daredevil, you get to see Kingpin's story about why he's motivated to be the bad guy, why he's motivated to have power, have control, or to fight back in a way. And Marvel does a really good job of making you care about the bad guys. Even in this, um, you know, in Hawkeye, they're fighting against this, uh, they call themselves the tracksuit mafia silly name right but all the guys wear track suits and they all have sort of a Russian accent and there's moments where they're fighting where uh the main characters are sort of bantering back and forth with the guys and and it it's there's a comedic element to it which is very enjoyable so listen if you've never watched any of these shows you could watch this show and totally enjoy it and totally start to understand a little bit of what's going on and 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 the show stands alone like you could watch the show by itself and you'd be like oh this is really done well so, uh, big recommendation for Hawkeye. Uh, I liked it a lot. Uh, I think you will too. Okay. So moving forward, um, the Witcher season two of the Witcher just came out and it's so interesting that I had to watch all of them. Uh, luckily for work, we had a short work week. They gave us uh, Christmas Eve off and I was able to watch the Witcher uh, the Witcher stars Henry Cavill, which you guys know as the Man of Steel, Superman. Uh, he's a big comic book nerd, and he really left the opportunity to play the Witcher. Um, he apparently put on some more mass to play the Witcher, and he really learned how to fight with a sword. Um, when the first season of The Witcher came out, I made a comment that a lot of the fight scenes were neat cutaways that was really stylized like the video game. Now, this is my understanding. I don't know if this is true. Again, this is stuff I heard, not stuff I know. But uh, I think that the video game was the first iteration of The Witcher. And then they came out with these books that sort of went along with them. I could be wrong. It could be the books first and then the video game. But then they made this show. So they stylized everything based on the video game. Because cinematically, you get to see what it looks like. You get to see what the characters are. You get to see how they move, how they act. Um... And Netflix has done a great job of putting the right elements together for this. To me, this is a knock it out of the park, home run kind of show. There's a very creepy element to each episode. Uh, There are characters that are compelling. There's easy to follow storylines, but complex enough that you need to pay attention. Uh, I watch the show with subtitles because there's some of the names that I'm like, who did they say? And if I read it, I can kind of understand it a little better. Um, I do have dyslexia, so reading is difficult. But if I look along while they're saying the words, it it, it is easier for me to follow along. So, so maybe it will be for you too. Um, but this is an interesting show in the fact that you don't have just one or two protagonists. Um, in this, you have what they call a tritagonist. Okay, there's three main characters. Uh, you have Henry Cavill playing Geralt of Rivia. You have Anya... I'm going to mess up this last name, Charlotra playing Yennefer. Yennefer is this uh, witch lady who's uh, extremely beautiful. Um, she has an interesting past where she was very deformed as a child and, and they realized that she had powers and that she could cast spells. And then so she becomes a super powerful witch. But I think part of the the side effect of her being this super powerful witch is that she can't have children. Um, and then there's a young girl Uh, her real name is Freya Allen. Uh, she plays a character called Siri and the three of them are compelling to watch. Like you can't take their eyes off any of them once they're on the scene and they become the driving force of the show. Uh, the camera will follow each of them individually and tell their stories. So it is a Tritagonist story. Um, apparently in the video game, it's done that way as well. I didn't play the video game. I don't really know anything about the video game other than cutaway scenes that I've seen on YouTube. And it's beautiful. I mean, and I really think that Netflix uh, just hired the right people or got the right people to tell the right story in this because each story is good. Each chapter of the stories are good. They all lead to something bigger. It's just incredibly well done. Uh, So The Witcher is a big thumbs up. Uh, Lots of extreme violence Even my wife was watching one of the episodes with me and this creepy scene happened. And she goes, Nope, I'm out. And she, (laughs) she like left the room, (laughs) but I watched it. It was good. Um, so anyway, that's a big win. Uh, really enjoyed the Witcher. All right. So I haven't seen Spider-Man. Like I said, I tried to watch it and it wasn't watchable, but I did watch the matrix reload resurrections. The Matrix Resurrections is, to me, uh, a a very perfect movie in a lot of ways. Because you have a trilogy, an iconic trilogy in The Matrix, okay? We get to see Neo, basically Thomas Anderson becoming Neo, and then you learn about The Matrix and you learn about him and he learns to find the power within him to free people's minds from The Matrix. And this whole storyline is just so deep and interwoven and and textured. And you go, well, I mean, how could you have any more? Cause at the end of it, the main characters die. And so you have this Resurrections movie and they answer those questions. They answer every question in a very creative way. Very, very creative way. I'm not going to give it away. Um, but I will say that just like the Witcher is the tritagonist story, so is the Matrix Resurrections. There's a tritagonist story here in... You've got Neo, you've got Trinity, and you've got Agent Smith. Um, they've recast Agent Smith, and you find out why uh, along the way, sort of. But in the Matrix movies, you realize that Neo and Agent Smith are sort of the sum of an algorithm that cancel each other out and, bal- and find a balance to the Matrix. Like Once everything boils down to ones and zeros, there's leftovers, and... For everything that Neo was, Smith had to be the exact same thing in order for there to be balance. Well, this is sort of similar uh, in the fact that Neil Patrick Harris is in this, NPH. Yeah, baby. He's the analyst. And you learn about him and you learn about why he's there and how he has something to do with all of this. And it's really, it's, it's really done well. Uh, I want to talk to somebody more about it whenever you guys watch it. Uh, reach out to me. I want to talk about this in depth. So that's all I'm going to say about that. I'm going to wrap this up. Um, I do want to say Merry, Merry, Merry Christmas to everyone. And I hope you have a good Christmas. And if you, uh, if you want to say, hey, please drop us a line. We'd love to hear from you. Y'all take care now. And I always end the saying, cue the cow.